Okay. Hold on. <clears throat> okay. Hold on, because we just had the elections. As we talked about, I totally failed to vote. Um, I think California is going to do Enough just as awful voted. without my votes yeah. as before. So, but we're talking about Kyle <laughs> in Colorado. Um, Proposition 122, which gave access to natural psychedelic substances, passed 53 to 47%. But they also had a, 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 a proposition, um, one twenty, one twenty five, that's going to allow grocery stores and convenience stores to sell wine. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say wine, I'm talking about you know the stuff that you ferment grapes from. Interesting. That interesting. Everybody has. Um, this barely passed by like Did it pass? not even a po- yes. I was 50.36 under- oh. to 49.64%. Well, there's Barely still some passed. outstanding so votes in Pueblo that might swing it, but <laughs> people in Colorado are much more concerned with getting their psychedelics than getting their wine. And Kyle apparently has some logic behind this. So, um it's not so much they don't care there's no limit to wine around here. You can there's but what it is is they didn't want wine in the Walmarts. Because mm. the specialty wine shops pay the people better, and now all those shops are going to shut down and go to Walmart. Walmart's not going to pay its people better, and this was the same thing that happened. We also had two other ones with uh, – Well, is reducing... Walmart going to sell mushrooms? Uh, that, again, <laughs> I'm going to stick – Great value mushrooms. I'm going to you – know, um, I'm going to stick to – because there were two other ones too. There was a uh, – Limit on the liquor license, the number and of liquor license. Third party delivery of alcoholic beverages. Yeah. And then the Amazon, the Amazon alcohol delivery. What? Amazon? That's one of the, that was. Oh my gosh. I want to vote yeah, on that. They were like, we we're like, nope. So we didn't want, we didn't want basically Amazon alcohol delivery. And a lot of people were very resistant to. So it um, seems like these were about who could sell these exactly. things rather about, than like, having oh, access. Like I can. Go and I can throw a stone probably on any on any corner here, and we'll you'll find uh, a medium sized wine shop and stuff uh, and liquor store. But they just didn't want all the Safeways, all the WalMarts, all the Targets to be able to so, basically shut down those stores. Uh, but the, the, I mean, the people who who shop at Walmart. So you're saying you guys. You guys can't have wine. You got to go somewhere else for your wine. Mm-hmm. And we go, we go to the wine isn't much more expensive there, but the people who are getting paid there get paid a lot more than the person who's working at Walmart. We get our wine from Costco. Yeah, that's yep. Does Costco, Costco sell wine there? Costco does here sell wine, but ah, it's a membership. Does, yeah, it's a membership. It's one of the few places that does sell wine in big store, big box stores because. Costco is like the definition of a big so, store. But, it's interesting, right? I mean, but, as I said on our text strand earlier this week, Eric, you know my thoughts on wine, but in oh, oh, so yeah, can we talk about that real quick? And how I think it tastes like sour buttholes. Well, <laughs> uh, so the ad I saw that I sent to you guys, it was an ad from Barefoot Wine and how it oh pairs for the NFL, the NFL. Yeah. And I'm like, 
what, what demographic are you going after? Like, Why there's knows? a demographic of wine drinkers, right? And that's fine. That's a large demographic. Yeah. But the demographic that that was there's the overlap between football and wine mm-hmm. and also really cheap wine. Now, I have no problem with inexpensive wine because when I buy wine, I like to buy it on the cheap. It's all about buying the wine for less than $10 that's also decent. Okay, you're going to buy a $60 bottle of wine, it's going to be fine. But if you want it, the skill is in buying a bottle that's under $10 but still tastes good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well, that's I think the demographic they're thing. going for is Anyways. women, right? Like the I NFL has money, but the male audience, the male demographic captured. Yeah. So I think they they've made a concerted effort in more recent years to expand their base to, to more women viewers. Cause that's one where they're, they, they just don't have the numbers. So although it's mm. ridiculous, I can also see where they're coming from <clears throat> trying to pair wine with the NFL. Although I don't know if barefoot barefoot wine is what's going to be like, you know what? I wasn't going to watch football today, but now that I have a nice glass <laughs> of wine, I think I'll watch some, some football. I Maybe. I don't Put know. Put my feet up, have a glass of wine, and watch men smash yeah. each other nice, for three nice hours. Rose. <laughs> anyway. So that's interesting. I guess that makes sense. Because you're right, Kyle. It's not about the wine. It's actually about the, the yeah. jobs yeah. and the other industries that are affected besides just wine. But I'm curious if Colorado is now going to have access to psychedelic substances. Are there going to be like... Shops popping like up, like dispensaries, like um, mushrooms out of the ground. Uh, well, it'll be one of those. Uh, I, I, the short answer I think is yes. I think there will. It'll start as very specialty shops that because right now they're already grumbling. Some of the bigger, I'll, I'll say medium stores are already grumbling that it's not fair that uh, the closer we're getting to national weed whether you agree with it or disagree with it nationally legalizing weed that some of the medium stores are like well it's time to let us sell this too i think that's a terrible idea i think it's i i'm totally fine with dispensaries i think it's terrible to have them sold outside of dispensaries i think i like the the regular what do you mean outside of dispensaries like at walmart exactly i don't think they should be sold outside (laughs) of dispensaries and like in general grocery stores or like a Walgreens. I'm weird. I grew, CBS. In, uh, I grew up in, yeah, I grew up in Pennsylvania where you had to go to like the beer dispensaries and the, you know, like you yeah. weren't allowed the ABC uh, shops and yep. the uh, meetings in Minnesota. Yeah. Yep. You had uh, the drive through the drive through uh, beer, dis- beer distributors. It's the same thing in Utah. So, the liquor is, you have to go to as like a state run liquor store. You can buy beer yeah. at the grocery store, but if you want to get liquor, you got to go to the state run liquor store. So I, I don't. It, it's interesting because, um, you know, California uh, recreational marijuana is legal here, but each municipal municipality, each there city. We go. Why would I use a bigger word yeah. when a <laughs> diminutive one will work better? Uh why would – so the municipalities get to decide whether it can be sold within their – Jurisdiction. Their boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they can't arrest anyone for using it or having it. It's just can stores get a license? So mm-hmm. probably four or six years ago, uh, Bakersfield, where I'm at, 
uh, had this proposition and basically they said, yeah, we don't want these dispensaries in Bakersfield. So um, they event, they essentially, it got shut down. So while it might be legal to have to use whatever in the city limits, there's no dispensaries. Yeah. Outside the city limits, though, and there are some other towns outside of Bakersfield, uh, there's one that did allow it, and they deliver. And so he has <laughs> billboards all over town, and you can go to the website. You can call them up and be like, here's what I want. I want uh, the edibles or whatever it is you want, and uh, and they'll deliver them same day. Okay. And I've seen the vans that they deliver from. They've been all over. I saw it uh, when my wife and I lived in an apartment last year with our kids. I saw that van at the apartment multiple times. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in our school parking lot. Interesting. <laughs> our school and church parking lot. I don't know what it was doing sure. there. Maybe it was picking this uh -huh. kid up from school. <laughs> I don't know. But um, so, yeah, the dispensary is not in the city, but it can deliver into the city. It's, it's wild. It's <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, let's get started with this episode. So welcome to dad bod history where the drinks are cold and the takes are old. And tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about a couple things. First one, we're going to hit three things that happened this week in history. Second, the main segment game night history trivia, where our contestants compete against each other to answer 20 questions on a historical theme and be crowned the history buff of the week. Tonight's theme, the United States military in honor of Veterans Day. And to wrap up, we'll end this night's episode with a segment of Would You Rather, where we pit Eric, Jake, and Kyle into ridiculous historical hypotheticals. But first, a word from our oh, sponsor. Dear. The American workforce is changing faster than ever. Called by some the Great Resignation, it is likely more accurately described as the Great Migration. Today's workers are less content with the status quo, and they are looking outside the box. Business buyers currently outnumber sellers three to one. A business with growing revenues and quality books and records is a very marketable co commodity in this market. That is where, that is where Trans World Business Advisors comes in. With over 40 years of business That's two scores experience for those paying attention. To, with two scores of business brokerage <laughs> experience, our network of professional business brokers offers you connection to the largest and fastest growing brokerage company in the world. That expertise and growth means that when you work with us, you gain unmatched exposure on a local, state, national, and global level, uh, maybe even solar system level. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you want to go, they probably have stuff on Mars that you could buy. Oh, in certainly. addition to working with buyers and sellers of existing businesses, we are also here to help business owners who want to franchise their concept. We offer a turnkey solution to your franchising goals that starts with a viability assessment and follows through to a comprehensive marketing strategy to help you establish and grow your own brand. Call today to set up a discreet and confidential consultation with a local representative. Mm -hmm. You can reach Jeff Peterson at 903-422-6818 or you can go to www.tworld.com. Again, www.tworld.com. <laughs> Doing good deals for good people. Good people. Good people. Or dirty deeds done dirt cheap, depending on what you need. All right. <laughs> so let's get started. So this week in history. So by this week in history, I mean last week in history. So 
from the ninth to the thirteenth or the eighth to the thirteenth. Uh, we got three things I want to go over. First one, November ninth, eighteen seventy two, the Great Boston Fire started in a dry goods warehouse and then spread rapidly in windy weather, destroying nearly eight hundred buildings. Damage is estimated at more than seventy five million dollars, and the fire's glare could be seen for a hundred miles. And for those of you that know Boston, like the back of your hand, it started on 83 to 85 Sumner, Summer Street at the corner of Kingston Street. And this fire that took 800 or took 800 buildings, only two firefighters were killed, and the total deaths were only like 13 to 20 people. But you want to know how they stopped the fire? <laughs> they blew up buildings with black gunpowder to create a fire line in the city of Boston. So they... That's amazing. <laughs> so like, we can't stop this fire. All right, let's just burn, blow up all these buildings <clears throat> in a ring to stop the fire so it can't jump from building to building. Um, and it was just stopped before reaching the Old South Meeting House. Um, and the Old South Meeting House is a fixture from the colonial days. A lot of the early meetings discussing revolution happened at the Old South Meeting House. Um, the colonists debated the tea tax in 1773 there. So it's like this huge historical landmark. It's like on the, whatever, the Freedom Trail or whatever, if you get those tours. Um, and so like they stopped it right before it hit that building. Um, but yeah, they had to blow up a bunch of buildings to, to create a fire break. So that was the first thing that happened November 9th, 1872. Second thing, which is actually the, the larger theme of today, November 11th, 1918. What happened? The armistice. armistice, yes, or the armistice between um, the Western powers, namely France and Germany, during World War One, took place on November 11th, 1918, um, in a train car in Copenhagen, France, and uh, that became known later as Armistice Day, and then eventually translated to Veterans Day after World War Two, and then November 13th, 1942, Eric. What is, uh, what's the only USS or only naval ship that's named after multiple people? USS The Sullivan. Yeah, and who? It's also the only ship, I believe, with the. As part of the name. After USS. I think you're right. It's part of yeah, the name. Who are the Sullivans? Uh, five five brothers, brothers who were on the USS Juno that was sunk. By a Japanese torpedo on November 13th, 1942. All five uh, were lost in that ship. And so essentially relatives can't serve on the same ship for this very reason. Yeah, so they changed it. Um, yeah. Now, less than a year earlier when the USS Arizona sank, there's pairs of brothers on that mm -hmm. ship, as well as even father and son pairs on that ship. Um but this one, being that there was five and, you know, that's tough. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember, and maybe you guys did too. I first learned about the story of the Sullivans from the song Sullivan by Caroline Spine, which was released in 1997. And the the main line towards the end is, turn your blue stars into gold. Um, did you guys hear that? Do you remember that song from high school? I do not. Oh, nope. no. Okay. Well, it's Sorry. all about the story of the Sullivan brothers. And, um, 
and at the end they they talk to Mrs. Sullivan and they say you got to turn your blue stars into gold. So when when you send when you have a child or family member that's serving, they have flags with blue stars on them. But you guys know that. And then if they die um, while you know overseas or, or serving, um, they change it to a gold star to signify that that person died in combat. And so the Sullivans, because all five of them died. Um, as a result of the Juno being sunk, all five of their blue stars had to be turned into gold stars. So it's a great song. Um, it's just a great song, but the fact that it's about this specific story, um, kind of makes it a little more impactful. So you should have your kids listen to it, Eric, when you're teaching world war two, your students. It's a good idea. So yeah, those are three things that happened this past week in history. All right, let's get into the main thing for tonight, History Trivia Night in honor of veterans. So the rules, there's 20 questions. Each question, you guys will have one minute to answer. I will just go back and forth asking you. So Kyle will get the first question. Eric will get the second. If Kyle gets it wrong, Eric, you get a chance to steal. You have one minute to answer. Um. If you guys want to discuss out loud, that's I'm fine. For you. I don't care how you, if you guys want to chatter yep. about it, but Kyle will get the first shot at the first question. Eric gets the first shot at the second question. Um, most points at the end wins the title of the history buff. So do you guys generally understand the rules? Good. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. You'll be fine. Kyle, this one's easy. Your, your mop floored. Yeah, don't no, mind me. I like floor mops. No, no, your mop floored. I, mop I think that's floored. a great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not even drinking alcohol. You're just, just tired. I'm weird. That's okay. <laughs> so, Eric, one. All right. All right. Question one to Kyle. Which branch? of the United States military is the oldest branch. <laughs> is that Eric? Um, yeah, I was humming. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Eric's, um, Eric's already engaged in gamesmanship. I think it's great. <laughs> Which branch is the oldest? You I'm got a minute. To... Oh, you have 50 seconds now. Okay. All right, I am going to say it's the, the Space open. Force. Eric? It is, it's Space Force. <laughs> oh. Well, it, it must be the Air Force, right? Because they had like. Well, didn't Donald Trump say or, okay. like the Air Force landed at Okinawa during the Revolutionary War? He had some rambling speech a few years ago. Where he talked yeah, about okay. the yep. rocket thread glare. And- um, I, I am going to. Uh, actually say that the oldest branch is going, I would assume it's the Army, but I'm going to actually say the Navy because back when we were first forming, that would have been more important than the Army. So I'm going to say the Navy was the first okay. branch. Well, Kyle, you are wrong. It is not, not the United States Army. Me. Eric, you have a chance to steal. So I'm nearly certain that the Navy is older than the Army, but the Army is not the oldest, obviously. 
I'm, I'm, but I'm so I'm nearly certain it is the United States Marine founded on November 10th, 1775. It's the oldest branch. Eric, you are also wrong. It is the United States Army. It is Army. the Navy then. Yeah. The Army? Army was June 14th, really? 1775. I think the Navy was October and then the Marines were November. Oh. So they're all in that same year, but the Army hmm. predates them. If you want to fact check me, that's fine. Okay. But no, that's fine. I was I was nearly certain the googling because the Marines are all about like their birthday. Yeah, They're like we're older than the U.S. It's like well, yeah, so are the so other two everybody. branches in right? And, and you the can't Marines have the Marines part of the Navy. the Navy. Like they have, they always have to come after. <laughs> all right, <laughs> they're Navy infantry. All right, an inauspicious start to our question. Um, question number two. How many, this is to Eric, how many five-star generals have there been? How many generals have reached the rank of five-star? You have one minute. Start. Five stars. I, I can only think of two, maybe, okay. uh, and maybe a third who was given the honorary six star. Is it? So I think General Watt, nobody will ever outrank General Washington. Correct. He has six stars, yep. I believe. The other two would be, gosh, I want to say, um, it's not, I don't think it's Eisenhower. Because Eisenhower, while he was the Al, uh, Supreme Commander of the Allied Expeditionary Force, he was not the highest ranking officer in the Army. That would have been uh, someone else mm -hmm. who was back in Washington. All right. And then. Your guess? Uh, what was the. Got to pick a number. Who was the guy? Schwarzkopf. Pick a number. Three. Three. That is incorrect. Kyle. If, um, again, I can't remember his name, but if you are discluding Washington, I thought it was just the one during World War II, and I cannot remember his name. So I'm going to say, not including Washington, one. There are, there have been nine people that have promoted Holy. the rank of five-star. Some of them, oh, after the nepotism. fact, it's like after they had passed away. Doesn't because count. the rank of five-star general didn't come into existence, I don't believe, until World War II. But I think they posthumously, like Grant was a five-star general after the fact. Same thing uh, with Washington. They <clears throat> passed like a congressional act that said nobody could ever outrank Washington. Um, bonus question on this. Who is the only person to hold a five-star rank in two separate branches? Those branches are the United States Army and the United States Air Force. Who is the only person to hold a five-star rank in two branches? He was also the first and only five-star general of the Air Force. I was going to say, wasn't he the first? Mm -hmm. Curtis general? LeMay. What was that? Curtis LeMay. Nope. Kyle, you got a shot? Hmm. No, I just, I thought it was the person who first started the Air, like the it first was him. in the Air Force. Henry Arnold. General Henry Arnold was the general okay. of the five-star general of the Army. Sorry, I 
And then he, from 1944 to 1946 in the United States Air Force, um, from 1949 until 50 when he retired. First and only general of the Air Force. And random quote from FDR about Henry Arnold. So um, FDR's son, Elliot, was in the Air Force during the war. And FDR sent a letter to General Arnold. And this is what it said. FDR's son is Elliot. He goes, I'm a bit concerned because Elliot has a rather bad chronic case of hemorrhoids that need to be operated on. He rightly insists on going through with his new assignment first. When he gets back, I hope you can give him enough time off in Texas to have them taken out. Like, that's an official correspondence from the President of the United States during World War II (laughs) to the General of the Air Force about his son's hemorrhoids. Like, the fact that we keep everything, everything that the President writes down is a bit ridiculous. But it's also really funny. Was that World War War II or is that Korea? World War II, because FDR died during World War II. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Eisenhower. Oh, no. All right. Um, You're good. Okay. Kyle, question three. Which branch of the armed forces was part of the Army until 1946? Which branch? Um, That would probably be the U.S. Air Force. You are correct. All right. We're on the board. (laughs) Kyle, good job. All right, Eric, question four. Yeah, I get the free throws. Eric gets the hard one. I, I know. Free throw. Yeah, not, it was not the way I wrote it. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was. Hmm. When was the first submarine used in combat by the United States military? The first ever submarine used by the United States military. What war? Hmm. Are you kidding? Uh, I want to say that. Mm. Which war was the first submarine used in combat by the United States military? Gosh. I feel like the safe answer is the Civil War. But I feel like we may have used one. Prior to that. Okay. I, do you want me to tell you if you're right or wrong? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just watching your oh, face okay. and trying to decide. Um, I will tell you this. Submarines were definitely used in the Civil War. Oh, thank you. Uh, let's, let's, say, let's say the War of 1812. Let's let's see how that goes. That is incorrect. Mm. Kyle, you have a chance to steal. Now, I am going I am going to be total nerd here okay. and say uh if you're counting the turtle during the revolutionary war, I will say the revolutionary war because it was it tried to go up to the eagle uh the flagship eagle in New York Harbor and blow it up, but he didn't the screw he didn't have enough back pressure. Yes, Kyle, you are correct. It was the turtle, the first <laughs> submarine used in combat. It didn't do well. That, that's cheating, though, because that's literally in the like the company I work for. We have him as yeah, a character. Yeah, blew up, tried to blow up the Eagle, which is a British ship docked, I think, in Boston. Um, 
Oh, was it Bob? Maybe it wasn't. Oh. I, I don't remember. But it was a British ship, the Eagle. <laughs> they tried three times, but they were unsuccessful every time. But that was the first submarine ever used in, and not just ever in the America, but I think it was the first submarine used in combat ever in history. All right. Okay. Kyle, this question is yours. Jacob Parrott is the first recipient of the Congressional Medal of Honor. What conflict did he receive the Medal of Honor in? The Spanish-American War? That is incorrect. Eric, you have a chance to steal. So I'll say the question again. Jacob Parrott is the first recipient of the Congressional Medal of Honor. What conflict did he receive the Medal of Honor in? The Mexican-American War. Isn't that what Kyle just said? No, he said the Spanish-American Spanish, American American War. Oh, Wow. Yeah, conflating Spain and Mexico, huh? I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, (laughs) That is incorrect. So I'll give you guys another shot. First one to answer gets the point. Civil War. There you go, Eric. You got it. Civil War. All right, Eric. Bonus question. Follow-up question. Well, it's not a bonus, but it's the next question. So it goes to you. What did he do to earn the Medal of Honor? What did Jacob Parrott do to earn the Medal of Honor? Uh, no clue. He, he he jumped on a grenade. <laughs> I don't know. No, obviously no, not. He did not, but I wish that would be cool. <laughs> he took he Gettysburg took single-handedly. Out, yeah, he took out General Lee with a submarine yeah, on a hill. A submarine called the tortoise. <laughs> All right, um... So on April 12, 1863, it's called Andrew's Raid. He, along with 21 others, mm-hmm. stole <laughs> James Andrews, being the lead of the group as a spy, stole a train from Chattanooga to Atlanta with the intent of blowing up bridges, destroying rail, telegraph lines. So basically that they couldn't resupply in Atlanta. So this was in 1863, April 12th. Um, but shortly after stealing the, the train, uh, and the train was called the General, um, the conductor that they stole the train from, like, chased them the whole way, like, on one of those hand carts with a couple of other people. <laughs> and then, like, he got another train engine and started chasing him. It was a total failure. They all got captured. Um, eight of them were executed. Another eight successfully escaped. But Parrot, along with five others, was a prisoner um, and was tortured during that his imprisonment. And then he was later exchanged for his freedom. And so all six of them received their medal of honor at the same time, but Parrot got his first on that day. Um, and then they went and met with Lincoln at the white house. So that's, but like, although the story is a total failure, I think that would be a great movie to watch like this. Just totally. It'd be maybe like a good Tarantino movie. Like it'd have to be no. kind of ridiculous no. and another failure, yeah, but over the top. it'd be good. Cohen Brothers. Brothers. The Cohen Brothers, Brothers yeah. in charge of it. All right. So, all right. Next question is number. All right. Which battleship, Kyle, 
Which battleship is known for its bad temper? In a minute. (laughs) Which battleship is known for its bad temper? I honestly have no idea. I won't even pretend on that one. No. Eric seems to know, though. Eric, do you want to take a shot? It's the USS Wisconsin. You got it. Eric, can oh. you tell me the story of the USS Wisconsin? Now, I was in the Pacific, right? It did serve in the that Pacific. That was in the Pacific Theater during World War II. It didn't. The story of the Wisconsin having its bad temper post was post-World War II. Is it Korea yep. then? Yeah, so uh, they're sailing along the coast of Korea, and a North Korean gun opened fire on Wisconsin, yep. and I think hit it. Um, and so the Wisconsin turned all of its guns, all nine, all of its like all nine of its guns, on this hill, and obliterated the hill. Yep. And then uh, one of the other. Uh, Battleships in the area sent over a message that just said temper, temper. Yeah, yeah. Blew the hill up. Like it, just, it ceased to exist. And like the damage to the Wisconsin was minimal. I think a couple people were hurt, but that was the first time the Wisconsin had ever been hit. And they did not react well. <laughs> so, yeah. Temper, temper. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh my gosh. All right. So, next question. Which man was credited for the creation of the United States Army? And it's not George Washington. Eric, which man is credited with the creation of the United States Army? Got a minute. So, like we say so creation, yeah, I'll, like- I'll add some context. So, this is during the American Revolution. The Continental Army... Um, was essentially just a militia, even under George Washington as a militia. So George Washington brought this person over to professionalize the United States Army. And um, it was uh, von Steuben. Steuben. Very good. Yeah. Baron von Steuben. Hello. Hello. What was it? Tell a Hessian soldier what to do and he'll do it. Tell a, an American soldier what to do. First, you have to explain yeah. why. And so <laughs> it's something <laughs> like, and when they said he came over, like one of the men said, like, it was like looking at the God of war. That's what they thought of him. Baron Friedrich, Friedrich von Steuben. And I've seen like, um, I mean, I've seen, you know, images of him and I, would never think that's what you thought the God of war looks like, but maybe, maybe things look different in the 1700s. But uh, yeah, he was from Prussia, turned the continental army from a loosely organized militia into a professionally trained army. He was hired by George Washington as an inspector general at in 1778 at Valley Forge. He fled to America. So part of the reason he was available is he fled to America because he was being pursued by French clergy um, who were trying to arrest him for being a homosexual. So the so the big big part of the reason he came to America is so he wouldn't get arrested in Europe. Um, yeah, huh. fascinating story, fascinating man. Um, but a big part of the success of the United States Army in the Revolutionary War is directly credited to von Steuben. So, yeah. All right, uh, Kyle, I think it's your turn. 
who said, damn the torpedoes? Which admiral said, damn the torpedoes? Who said, damn the torpedoes? Uh, Admiral Sal. I don't it's know during that one, the honestly. Civil War. MacArthur, maybe? What's that? Oh, it's Civil, Civil War? War. Okay, no All clue. Right. <laughs> Eric, do you know? For the steel? I figured it was World War Two, honestly. I can't think of any admirals during the Civil War. No? Can you think uh -uh. of any admirals? Maybe just one of them you have misplaced? It's the Battle of Mobile Bay. Uh, uh. No. No okay. idea. Admiral. David Farragut. Oh! Damn the torpedoes. Farragut. All right. So, oh, and I gave you the answer to the next question, so we can't do that one. Dang, damn it. So, Dad, <laughs> David Farragut ordered his fleet through the torpedo mine field. And so, torpedoes were just mines. That's what they were um, back then. They weren't mm. self propelled at this point. And so, um, he said, he was engaging at the Battle of Mobile Bay. One of his uh, monitors or ironclads had gotten blown up, hitting a mine. And so they had to go through this channel that was heavily mined. And yeah. somebody said, but, you know, Admiral, what about the torpedoes, basically? And he goes, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. And they char charged through <laughs> the channel and... uh all 14 warships made it through successfully and then allowed them to capture Fort Morgan and um, Mobile at the Battle of Mobile Bay. So there you go. And that was 1864, August 5th. All right. So right now I have Eric with three. No, yeah, Eric with three and Kyle with two. So tight game so far. <laughs> Oops. All right. Next question, where um, did the armistice of World War I take place? And this one goes to Eric. Well, like it took place on a train mm -hmm. car. And where was that train car located? In Compagne, France. Very good. Yep. Bonus question for either of you. Do you know who the two negotiators were? The one from Germany and the one from France? Yes or no? All right. No. That's okay. Uh, Max Erzberger from Germany and Ferdinand Folks from France. And Folks met with Erzberger on the first day. There was three days of negotiation. He basically told Erzberger... Here are our terms. You have 72 hours to agree to our terms. And then at the end of three days, Erzberger 
met with folks again and folk in Erzberger said, we accept, which is basically total surrender. All right. Who was America's first ace pilot? This would be in World War One. Kyle. America's first ace pilot. Now, as in America's military or America as in like the people who ran, who went over to France to fight? I believe he did fight for France and then he fought for America when America joined. But initially he fought for France. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, one minute. America's first ace pilot. He had nine confirmed victories and seven unconfirmed victories. No, it's going to be one of those. Oh, yeah, type of things. I it's not on the I. Yeah, no, nothing. No guess. Nothing. You got to steal. Well, I only know it because I recently saw the movie. It's Pete Maverick Mitchell. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) That's not who I had. Is that really there? What? Oh, the Maverick? Oh, yeah, no, it's not Maverick. So, Paul Frank Bear. Paul Frank Bear. Mm. Nine confirmed kills, seven unconfirmed. Um, Next question is to Eric. Sticking with the Air Force here. Iceman. It's not Iceman. Who is America's greatest ace pilot? And he served in World War II. He had 40 confirmed kills. His, I have no he, idea who his nickname was. was Bing Bang. No, no idea. Kyle, do you have a guess? He was born. No. Oh, no, no guess. No. Okay. No. Richard There's, Bong. Yeah. 40 confirmed kills in World War II. Died on August 6th, 1945. The day that the first bomb was dropped in Japan. Um, hmm. Totally unrelated to that. I think he died, uh, I think he was in China at the time, and his plane just malfunctioned and he crashed. Um, he was born in Superior, Wisconsin. Was he a tiger? What? Was he a tiger? A tiger? No, he's a man. <laughs> yes, yeah. just that's how he got to people. Oh, he jumped yeah. from the plane. No, like, when it, <laughs> no, no. no. It, like the, when the one... So anyway, the... Um, born in Superior, Wisconsin, Eric, which was just a oh, few miles yeah. from the cabin. From Spooner. from Spooner. There we go. All right. I think I would I forget. How dare you? Okay. This is multiple choice. So, uh, who's this one to? I think it's Eric. Right? Or did Eric, you get the first one last time. All right. We'll say it. I think I got the first. I think okay. it's Eric. The United States official first official peacetime army infantry unit was called the first American regiment and was organized in 1784. It is now part of the third U.S. Army regiment, also known as the Old Guard. How many men was it originally composed of? 700, 1200, 2500, 4200. Eric. 
You said it's a regiment, right? Yeah, 1st Official Peacetime Army Infantry Unit was called the 1st American Regiment and was organized in 1784. 700, 1200, 25, or 4200. So a regiment is made of several companies. Companies can be like 50 to 200 men. So a regiment would be around 1,200, but this is also very early, so I want to say 700. 700 is correct. I think it was made up of eight companies. It, it later expanded to 1,216 in 1790 um, during the Northwest Indian War. And then 25 and 4,200 are uh, roughly the range of a size of a regiment today. But... It's part of the old guard, which is the, like, if I understand correctly, they're like the ceremonial, the third U.S. Army Infantry. So they're like the ceremonial regiment now for the United States Army. Um, the third U.S. Army Inf uh, Infantry Regiment, not yeah. division. Uh, yeah, they're stationed at Fort Myer, which is attached to mm -hmm. Arlington. So when you, so when you, you were go, at Arlington. When you see the, yeah, when you see the, the guards of the unknown or the, the tomb guards, they're like the highest, most qualified members of that regiment. But if you go to Fort Meyer, you go to this thing called Twilight Tattoo, which is a show they put mm -hmm. on because the entire regiment is a ceremonial regiment. They are trained in drill and ceremony. They do all of the funerals. They put, they do all this stuff. So they're well-trained in all of the like rifle tricks and, and stuff. So Twilight Tattoo is like a show and it's extremely impressive in a way that watching the tomb guards is is it's two different things because the tomb guards are like about this kind of like calm collected precision that is uh that is in control of itself in the like still moments mm -hmm. whereas twilight tattoo they're marching in all these formations and throwing their rifles in the air with these spins and they're the group where they have like these guys who, who do all these, these rifle moves together and they'll like throw the rifle up behind them and somebody catches it. And it's like very precise. Like it's, it's pretty That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. And I think they've been the official ceremonial regiment since 1948. So, yeah, yeah but that's, that's their history. They date back to the beginning. <clears throat> all right. What year, Kyle, what year was the United States military officially desegregated? What year? Um, Bonus point if you can get the month and day. Huh. Was Eisenhower, I believe, in the Korean War, so I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say 52. That is incorrect. Damn it. All right, Eric, do you want to get the steal? Take a shot at the steal? I feel like it's earlier. I want to go 48. Is that your guess? 48 yes. 48 is correct. Yeah, Harry Truman. Dang. Month and date. Oh, Truman. Oh, my Month God. and date? Uh, January 1st? No. Eric, I'm a little disappointed hmm. in you. August 28th. No. 
June 26th. September 16th? June 26th. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> A momentous day. A momentous day. For those of you who are not aware. Sorry, honey. So sorry. <laughs> that was, can I say? Yeah, it's well, yeah. Eric's anniversary. <laughs> That's when he got married, June 26th. Oh, okay. Not in 48. I don't think it was in 48. <laughs> not but. my anniversary. It's my and my wife's yeah. anniversary. It's not yeah. just mine. Yeah, you share it. That, you're, you're a gentleman. All right. <laughs> Last question. It's a six-parter. Oh, my goodness. So you'll get a point. You each get two minutes to answer. Write your answers down. And then you can get a point for each correct one. Okay? Did we just lose Kyle? I, we just, I win. Kyle just gave I up. I need a pen. Now what do we do? Oh, here we go. There he is. Are you back? For a second. Just <laughs> left us. All right, so get a pen and paper, pencil and paper, whatever. Six-part question. I'm at my illustrious desk, but I can't find... Just gonna write on my ballot. That's fine. You're not using it to vote, so (laughs) vote to keep all these judges. Should we retain these judges? Yes. That George Washington video is pretty funny. Or (laughs) what are you concerned about voting fraud? I don't think we have enough of it. What do you mean? Back in my day, we used to have roving gangs that would kidnap people and make them vote. <laughs> Trust them. Did, was that the same person that did the, the video I sent? I think so. Where it's like, oh, this sucks. Well, why don't you vote in a Republican Congress? Yeah. Okay. Oh, this sucks. Why don't you vote in a Republican president? <laughs> oh, this sucks. Why don't you vote in a Democratic yeah. Congress? And it just goes back and forth. He's like, hey, you notice a pattern yeah. yet? <laughs> All right. You guys ready? All right. What are the mottos of each branch of the United States military? And there are six. So the Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, and yes, the United States Space Force. What are the mottos of each branch of the United States military? You have two minutes. Go. I have like one. <laughs> you got one? I have okay. one. That's all I have. Well, I mean, you're in the lead, so you're in a good position. But yeah, I don't want to get more than one. He's, he's, yeah. We all know what that one is. I will tell <laughs> you this. Three of them start with the same word, the same word. as the one that you know. So three of them start with the same Latin word. So you could write that Latin word for at least three of them and you'd be halfway there. I'm just saying possibly four because one of these branches doesn't have an official motto, but they have like three unofficial mottos. So <laughs> Two of them are not in Latin. Uh, 
One of them is not to infinity and beyond. That's not a motto. About 30 seconds left. Nope, there you go. Sorry, Kyle. Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, and Space Force. Twenty seconds. Ten. Oh, this is good stuff. I can't wait to see. So I'm gonna. Yeah. What we're gonna do? Three, two, one. Time is up. All right. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna say Army. Eric, tell me what your motto is that you wrote down. Then Kyle, tell me yours, and I'll tell you if you're correct. So, United States Army, Eric. Semper Paratus. Semper Paratus. Okay, Kyle, what's yours? Uh, don't tread on me. Don't That's tread what I on got. me. Okay, so <laughs> Semper Paratus means always ready. That is incorrect. That is okay. not the Army's official motto. And don't tread on me is not the Army's official motto. Sorry. <laughs> oh, right. well. The Navy. Now, the Navy doesn't have an official motto, but they have three unofficial mottos. Mm. Kyle, what was your guess? I, I did not. I did not. Uh, you did not have one? Get one. Eric? No. <laughs> Anchors away. That is one of the unofficial <laughs> mottos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Anchors away, yeah. my the boy. other two are Semper Fortis, always courageous, and non sibi said patre, not self, but country. All hmm. right. Kyle, the United States Marines, what is their motto? Um, is it Semper Fi, Semper Fidelis? Correct. Eric? Is that what you wrote? Red crayons are what? best. Red crayons are best. <laughs> Red crayons taste best. No, Semper Fidelis. Semper Fidelis, always faithful. All right, the mm. Air Force. And it's definitely not you can be my wingman anytime. That is not. Mm-hmm. All right, what is the Air Force, Eric? Danger, off into the danger yeah, zone? it's just Kenny Loggins. No. All right. <laughs> I, have, I, uh, I have no idea. The Kyle, do you have a guess? Uh, uh, Semper Sumptuous, always expensive. Jesus. No, the chair force. No, um, aim high, fly, fight, win. Well, that's kind of lame. Yeah, it is. It feels like it was done by it was done in 2010. So, yeah. Oh my god, I don't know if they had a motto before that. What's gonna play well on an NFL ad? Like. That's like a cat poster. That's like an inspirational cat poster. That's not, that should not be a branch of the military's motto. Air Force Gosh. cat. Air Force. Come on, step it up, guys. I say this as F-35s, F-35s fly, F-35 fly above my house every day. All right. Yeah. Say, I yeah. Up there. Okay. Get, it's loud. Um, all right. Coast Guard. Coast Guard with the most guard. What is their... Motto. Eric, what'd you have? (sighs) 
Semper something. It is Semper something. But I don't know what. Semper, I don't know. Kyle, do you have a guess? Semper, yes, we're a branch of the military. <laughs> we're just as important. No. Semper insecure. Semper no. Good guess, though. I like that. This one is Semper Paratus. Always ready. Yeah, oh, it is? Their motto is Semper. Oh. Which makes sense because they're I the only ones that are like Paratus. actively, I guess, deployed. Doing, doing their, their job, job all the year, time. every year. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, yes, we know. The rest of them are training for the next invasion. <laughs> well, and they got to keep rescuing those crab fishermen in Alaska, like, all the time. So, But there's no crab no, this year. that's true. Coast Guard finally get a break. They disappeared. They, the crab got wise and were like, why do we live <laughs> here? Let's move. live somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. All right. And last and kind of least, Space Force. What is their motto? Kyle? I We're no not idea. Star Trek, but we want to no, be? No, unfortunately, that is not. Okay. Live long and prosper? Again, nope. Semper Supra, <laughs> always above. So. Oh, goodness. Really? It's, I'm just telling you, yeah. Always no, above. I, the Space Force needs some work. I think they, like, their song, they just stole the Navy song and, like, switched it a little bit and... They stole the Marines. Isn't that what motto. they did with, the, with their symbol? Too? Yeah. They're just they stole. They're really struggling. Like it, how, how many people in space force have been to space? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm pretty sure the Navy and air force have mo- more people who've been to space. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Heck. Tesla has probably sent more people to space and Amazon yeah, at this point. <laughs> like anyway, Space Force, we love you, I guess. But all right, so that wraps up our game and list. the history buff of the week is two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight to three. Eric takes it. You are our champion. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. All right. Good job, Eric. All those all well, those degrees fun, in college debt are totally worth it now. <laughs> totally <laughs> worth it. Oh, that's right. If you're in the Space Force, you're called a guardian. Uh, aren't the, isn't that what the Cleveland Indians so changed their the name Army, to? The Guardians? The Cleveland Guardians? So like, Well, yeah. They couldn't be the U.S. Space Force Indians. That would be well, they're, insensitive. They're, so, wait, they're literally going to be... <laughs> so in the U.S. Army, you're, Even you're called a soldier... If you're in the Navy, you're um, seaman, right? Well, are they still go a seaman? I guess. Or is it? Mm-hmm. Well, Jack. Jack uh, is a submariner, right? Sailor. He's a he works on a sub. A, a sailor. sailor. But like the yeah, generic sailor. term, yeah. sailor. Air Force, you're airman. If you're in the Marines, you're a marine. I don't know if you're in the Coast Guard. Coast Force are called <laughs> guardians. So Coasty. they're literally the guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. So here's well, the thing. No, not even the galaxy. I think this, the, they're literally the guardian. They're on land. Oh, I'm too old to be. I think the problem the is, Force. is that Gene Roddenberry stole all the good branding. Star Starfleet <laughs> sounds amazing, right? Like, that's the yeah. problem. What are you going to do? Are you going to, like, sue and then they, a U.S. military <laughs> branch for its well, naming that's rights? Like, 
Like you took it. Yeah, we're actually going to use it for yeah. real. I, I just, I think that's the problem. Like in in Starfleet, right? To boldly go, that's a great motto. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Like that's awesome. So I just think that's they got stuck with bad branding, and they just don't know how to. They don't know how to catch up. So we just got to accept it. All right. So that ends history trivia night. I do have one last segment for you guys. Would you rather? So I got three historical hypotheticals to see how you guys would respond. Join the space force or join the space force or the coast guard (laughs) coast guard. I would definitely join the coast guard. (laughs) All right. Yeah, they actually have they really cool boats and guns right and now. All sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. they have boats. The Space Force doesn't have spaceships. Yeah. They don't have ships. What do they get? No, if you go on their website, like you literally like everything you do is through the Air Force. Oh my gosh. You're gonna talk to an Air Force recruiter. This is not good. This is not a good Whatever. start for the Space Force. Scrap the shuttle program, and then we create a new branch to the military. What a backwards way to do things. All right. Anyway, would you rather? Historical hypotheticals, see how you guys would respond, uh, and myself. So, general question to you both, This and for any points that's already been done. Would you rather be the courier, Pheidippides, who ran from Marathon to Athens, 26.2 miles, to announce the Greek victory over the Persians? Or would you rather swim two miles from Alcatraz to the mainland, as in the June 12th, 1962 escape by Frank Morris, John Anglin, and his brother Clarence Anglin? So, yeah, they have to run from the Battle of Marathon to Athens to announce victory. Or you have to swim through shark-infested waters from Alcatraz to escape. I didn't even know about the sharks. This is easy. I'm running the marathon, but I might not run the whole thing. You're going you're gonna to walk the marathon? At points, <laughs> yes. Okay. So like, go as fast as you can. Tell the king we've won. And you're going to. Well, if we've won, what's the hurry? I don't... Like, yeah, I can it's stop not like for the, a snack. It's not like the Persians are yeah, coming Yeah, I mean, we didn't me. lose. Okay. I'll get there when I get there. You'll find <laughs> out. It'll be out. fine. Swimming, I've got to deal with the current and now sharks that I didn't and know two about. Miles it's cold. two miles is long. Two-mile swim is rough. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. Swimming is yeah. hard. And it's cold. It's really hard. Yeah. None of that. Like, it's uh, grease. Kyle? It's I mean, like, nice, you guys temperate just weather. just do a back float, too. You just... Yeah. I'm going to go... You're going to get swept out. No. I, I like the uh, like the, the one joke meme about... Uh, I'm going to go with the Alcatraz <clears throat> one because... If if it goes with the old story where he dies afterwards, I don't want, you know, a hundred thousand people a year basically sipping their lattes, going, "Yes, I was able to do it." That guy died. Yeah, it's like a like we have a race to make fun of him. So you don't like it because Pheidippides died when he you know he ran, reached the kings of joy. No. And now we have we all these victory. people that do it every year, and now no. just a bunch of soccer moms and. You don't. You don't want to be mocked by that. Yeah, they're just like, "Yep, I can." Yeah. That's fair. It's just like getting reminded. Of- That's fair. <laughs> so so you swim through shark infest because how many people have escaped from Alcatraz? Well, these three guys. That's it. But they do have an Alcatraz swim yeah. now. I'm yeah, saying they're, they're, it's part of a. It's part of an Iron Man, but they didn't die. That's true. They did make it. Okay. Well, we think they made hmm. it. They haven't never been found. But all right. No. 
I like that. I, I think I would probably do the swim as well. I hate running. I truly hate running. Yeah. Um, it's why you walk. I, I, I mean, you finish, I can't you finish. walk like, 26 miles. You don't have to run it. I'd get shin splints, probably get a blister on my heel. It'd be rough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next one. Would you rather be stuck on a pirate ship for 38 days and have to listen to Julius Caesar recite his own poetry or, and on this pirate ship, you are a captive for these 38 days. So you have to work and do all the piratey things that they make you do. Swap the decks, I guess. I don't know. Or would you rather be a member of the 101st Airborne during the siege of Bastogne for seven days? Mm. Neither situation's great. Well, I'm going to survive. You're going to survive both. The pirate. You're going to survive both. So this is presuming you will live through both of them. Which one would you choose to survive through? Bastogne or a pirate ship for 38 days? I would go. I would go with the pirate ship because if if I'm going to. uh, have post-traumatic stress from poetry, I can avoid I mean, that. Other, I mean, you will probably get beaten by the pirates, and you might get scurvy. Yeah. But the, the, the poetry, I think, is going to be the worst part. The poetry's going to be bad. Um, yeah, that's not going to be great. <laughs> so you guys know that Julius Caesar was captured just, by pirates, right? Cilician oh, pirates. Yes. When he was on his way back yep. to Rome. And so then <laughs> they captured him for ransom. He said, do you know who I am? And told him, you should ask for this much more money because I'm worth way more than what you're asking for. So they did. (laughs) The ransom was paid. And then once he was freed, but like during this, he recited poetry and he, in his poetry, he talked about him. He would capture and kill them all. And the pirates just laughed. And anyway, he went back and and then he went back and raised a fleet and killed them all. Yeah, it's it's exactly what he did. He told them that's what he was going to do. All right. Uh, so, Kyle, you said the pirates. Eric, what would you do? Yep. Pirates. Okay. All right, last one. Would you rather have your na- last name be associated with the nickname for toilet, a la Thomas Crapper, or have your last name be associated to be up a creek without a paddle, to have the whole world in the palm of your hand and blow it, as in Munson? from Kingpin. So would you rather be known as the toilet guy or would you rather be a Munson and have the whole world in the palm of your hand and blow it? I think you can out. I think you can, you can live beyond the Munson name, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Crapper's just too on the nose. I mean, that's (laughs) all that guy's known for now. He might have been a great dude, stand-up guy, gave half his paycheck to the poor. I don't know. But he's just known as the guy that invented the toilet. Kyle, any thoughts? I'm going to go with the with, – I would rather be known for the crapper, honestly. Why? Because as, as much as I'm going to get made fun of, it's – you know, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that is – Something that people are like, everybody uses it. I don't know. People are still going to be, there's still going to be like somebody who's like Ralph in a uh, 2 a.m. in the morning. Be like, wow, this is a really good product. And, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and agnostic, atheist or faithful. Everybody's prayed to the porcelain God at one point. So yes. 
Yeah, so everybody's <laughs> yeah. So okay. that's what I'm I going like with. That. Uh, I'd probably take Crapper as well because I mean, you want to be known for something, and he's he's known by everybody. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us to tonight's episode of Dadbot History. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you watch or listen to podcasts. Uh, we're also on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and apparently we've got a blue dinosaur running through. Uh, thank you guys so much. And have a great day in history. 